Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Culture Club. Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon. It is drive time. Elliot Danka, Timothy Go, and Chua Tian Tian with you. It's time now for Culture Club. We're talking about aging today. You mean like when Culture Club was a thing? <laughs> They're talking about aging. I just had to bring this up. <laughs> Gosh. Culture Club was what, 1980s? Early 80s. Right. It was the early 80s when yeah. British pop was all the rage. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, we're talking about aging because uh, the aging population in Singapore is going to be a big issue. And, and that's the thing, right? Obviously, this is going to be the new norm. And for people who are older, mm-hmm. they are actually healthier these days. They live, we, live well, longer. We live yeah. longer. Um, we're definitely more active, mm-hmm. you know. Well, uh, we're going to talk about this. Um, Singapore will become what the United Nations defines as super age, having Mm. 21% of our population above the age of 65. Well, you know, in recent years, there's been a burgeoning medical field known as geroscience. Geroscience leverages on our body's DNA and has begun to gain significant traction in addressing age-related diseases. We need to find out more. We finally got our guest on the line, Brian Kennedy, Chief Scientific Officer, Regenosis and Director Center for Healthy Longevity, National University of Singapore. Brian, good afternoon. How are you? Great, great. Thanks for inviting me. All right, Brian, let's let's tackle this concept of aging as a disease. What does this mean? Why is aging considered a disease? Well, I think a lot of people consider aging natural because it happens to everyone. Uh, but in reality, it's the biggest risk factor for all the diseases you're scared of. Uh, that includes Alzheimer's, diabetes, mm-hmm. most forms of cancer. And so I, I think a better way of thinking about it is a pathological syndrome that happens as you get older and something that we should do something about. Mm. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, science. Uh, what exactly is it? So this is the concept of trying to develop interventions to slow or reverse the aging process. The idea being that if you can slow aging, you'll prevent the onset of all those diseases I just mentioned. Mm. And so the interventions could be lifestyle, they could be small molecules like supplements or drugs, or maybe even stem cells. Uh, And so there are a lot of different strategies that are being tested now. So this can potentially slow down the process of natural aging? Yes. I mean, we can already do that to most animal models. If you're a mouse, we've got you covered already. We can make you live 30% longer. But the question is, Will the interventions that have been developed in mice work in humans? And that's what we're trying to tell. Hey, if you're looking for human trials, I'm, I'm <laughs> raising my hands here. <laughs> um, so what can we look forward to then if this becomes something viable for humans? Well, I think there's sort of two things that are happening. One is at the Center for Healthy Longevity, we're testing interventions in clinical studies already. So we're taking relatively healthy people, 45 to 65, and using biomarkers to measure how they're aging and then testing whether interventions slow or reverse that. Mm. And there are also private clinics like Regenosis that are coming on board that can work with people at an individual level, try to measure how they're aging and develop interventions that are very specific for them. So that's already happening at at places uh, around the world. Brian, do you encounter 
any ethical dilemmas when it comes to reverse aging? I mean, Tim and myself, we think it's awesome. We don't mind being vampires. So <laughs> what are you facing? I, I think people do have ethical concerns until they understand what we're really trying mm. to do. It's not that we want to just make people live longer. Right now, what's happening is people are already living longer. It's right. just they're also sick longer yeah, yeah. because we're not doing anything about these chronic diseases. Our strategy is different. It's to slow aging and keep you healthy longer. So we like to use the term health span instead of lifespan. We want to extend your health span as long as possible. And I think if people understand that, then they, they have a better feeling for what we're trying to do. So uh, in terms of geroscience and the process of human evolution, where are we at right now? And is it really possible for us to live longer, live healthier longer, and be able to function and contribute to society while we're still around over 100 years? Is that even a reality? Well, there's already projections that a third of the people born today are going to live to 100 if the current trends hmm. continue. And so people are already living longer. I think our job is to keep them healthy while they're doing it. Uh, and if there's lots of economic studies suggesting that if you can extend health span, mm -hmm. you save trillions of dollars globally because older people won't be in the hospital, they won't right. be in nursing homes, they won't need caregivers, they can continue to work and volunteer and spend money in society. And so the economics are on our side. And, right. I, and I think also, you know, we don't have any problem trying to treat people that get sick, like mm. people with cancer. But when we try to treat people with chronic disease, we tend to keep them alive longer, but we rarely bring them all the way back to health. So if we can intervene earlier and keep them healthier mm -hmm. earlier, uh, then we'll have the advantage of having them fully functional uh, throughout a longer period of time. I'm just curious, Brian, if you can make people be healthier, living longer, will they be able to still have the same kind of energy level to be able to participate in the same kind of activity as they did in their 50s when they're in their 90s? I hope so. I mean, I think right now the interventions are more likely to have smaller effects, like extend health span five to 10 years. Mm -hmm. But as we continue to develop them, I think all things are possible in the future. And it might not be surprising to have people in their 90s and hundreds, over 100, that are still very functional. And imagine having all that energy and mm -hmm. also the wisdom that you get from being around a long time and combining them together. I think maybe we'll have a whole new generation of octogenarian entrepreneurs. I would love that in my lifetime, Brian. <laughs> if I could, I'd still be, be in the boxing ring at age 90, trust me. Um, Brian, just a final question. Um, what do you see in terms of uh, the current trends and future developments as far as longevity research goes? Well, I think what's happened is uh, over the last five years is amazing. The private sector, the biotech industry has really taken a hold of this concept. And so there's a lot of investment money that's available but the grant money from governments is still slow to follow. And this is the one condition that affects everyone on earth if they live long enough. Mm. And, and so we need to put more research money into universities and, and research institutes like ASTAR to really understand what causes aging and what we can do about it because that's the biggest bang for your buck keeping yeah. people healthy mm, yeah we live longer we can do space exploration also because we have oh, time oh yes yeah. yes i would love to do that yeah, that'd be awesome we've been speaking with uh, brian kennedy who's chief scientific officer regionosis and director center for healthy longevity national university of singapore brian appreciate your time take care and have a great tuesday evening uh, anytime thanks 
To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.